Good morning, everyone. Can you hear me in the back? Good. So this morning, I'm going to offer instruction that you get to practice throughout the day. And it's uh, mostly like yesterday in that we still want to build that connection to what we call the primary object or the anchor of attention. And so for sitting, that's um, working with the breath and feeling the breath inside the body. Out in walking, it will be feeling what happens in your feet and your legs as you walk. And then whatever your activity is, eating or working or brushing your teeth, try to find a place to focus your attention and see if you can do that throughout the day. Uh, Focus your attention in a particular place and of course, out of habit, the mind will wander into other places and when you realize that's happened, you bring it back. That's most of what we'll do today as well. We're also going to open up the uh, the opportunity that something's really pulling on your attention, something else in the body, other body sensations. You can at times choose to turn your attention towards those body sensations. Might be something painful that's pulling on your attention. Might be something not painful, but kind of intense for some reason. Um, Might be something as small as an itch on your nose and you want to experience it before you itch it then you choose to put your attention there for as long as that's interesting. And then you bring your attention back to the breath when sitting, or you bring it back to your feet when walking. So mostly just stay with the primary uh, location to develop that steadiness. But at times you can put your attention elsewhere consciously, see what that direct experience is like, and then bring your attention back. You can also do this with other senses, like if a sound comes and you hear a bird call, you don't have to fight it. You can turn your attention, hear the bird call, the bird stops singing, bring your attention back to the breath. Or if your mind starts wandering, bring your attention back to the breath. So that's the game plan for today. Still deepening that primary place, but giving yourself opportunities to explore something else as a field of present time experiences and then bring your attention back. If you find yourself drifting into thinking about wherever your mind has gone, thinking about the bird, what type of tree it lives in, if this is mating season, that's no longer the direct experience that's starting to go up into a more thought-based process. So you're really just hearing or seeing something, the colors and the shapes, not to bring about too much uh, thought analysis of what you're experiencing. And then bring it back. You bring your attention back and rest it back with the breath or in the body, with your feet when you're walking. So we'll practice this and I'll guide it some. And then uh, there'll be a chance for some questions afterwards, depending on what your experience is. Sitting comfortably, in a way that allows your body to be relaxed and at ease. Something allows your body to be naturally still, not still because you're rigid, 
but still because you're relaxed. And in that relaxation, your body settles into a still posture. You might take a few deep breaths just to make sure that you can breathe deeply if you wanted to, that your chest is open, your shoulders are open, you're not rolled forward, blocking your breath. And at some point you let the breath become natural. And adjusting the attitude in the mind so that you're relaxed mentally, emotionally. You're open to whatever the experience is. Whether you're sleepy or patient or clear. Take note of the state of your heart and your mind. And then invite your heart and your mind to be a little more relaxed, at ease. And if you haven't already, you can begin finding the sensations that arise in your body as you breathe in and out. With your eyes closed, how do you know that you're breathing? How does your body experience a breath? A tool that you might use, if it, hurt, if it works for you, might be really light internal mental noting, whispering inside your mind, a little coaching to keep your attention loyal to the breath, not through force, but just through caring. Some people like to whisper the word inside, in, when they breathe in and out when they breathe out. Just a little reminder that this is important. This is where we're 
developing our intimacy. Breathing in, saying the word in, breathing out, saying the word out. You wanna do that so that you're mostly feeling the actual sensations. But you have this little light whisper reminding you, feel what it's like when you breathe in. Feel what it's like when you breathe out. Every, every now and then you might check back in with your heart and your mind and see if you know the, mo- the moods that are present, the emotions that are present. So while you're sitting there breathing in and out, you can see, oh, I'm patient this morning. There's patience. Or my mind's a little dull. It hasn't woken up yet. There's frustration. Usually you just need to say the one word when you recognize what's happening in your heart and your mind while you attend the breath. There's peace while you attend the breath. There's doubt. becoming more familiar with your heart and your mind as you explore them while you're watching your sensations of breathing in and breathing out. 
if ever you're feeling sleepy or if there's a lot of pain in your body, you're always welcome to practice standing in this room for as long as that works. And you're allowed to sit back down whenever standing becomes uh, painful. It's great for sleepiness and to alleviate some pain. Now we've mostly been working with the breath and checking into the states of heart and mind that are present. You might have noticed that different moods have come and gone, or maybe one particular mood feels like it's lasting. And you've learned how to return your attention back to your breath when you realize you've been caught up in thinking. I invite you now as an experiment to open up to the field of your body and see if you can find other body sensations that are obvious enough. Body sensations you might feel in your face or your hands, in your feet. Any other body sensations where you could rest your attention and just explore, this is what's happening. And as you steady your attention in this other part of the body, feeling the sensations there, it can be warmth or cool. It can be contact with your clothes on your body, contact with your hands resting in your lap. Contact of your two lips together You might feel the heaviness of your body pushing down into the chair, the cushion, or your feet to the floor. Wherever you've rested your attention, take interest in the types of sensations that are there. It's one thing just to make contact. It's another to begin to explore what you're making contact with. How would you simply describe 
the experience in this part of your body. Tingling, pulsing, warmth, pressure, calm. And then at some point, bring your attention back to your breath, back to the home base. And see if you can feel again what you experience inside your body when you breathe in and breathe out.
the next investigation I invite you to explore is to open up to the field of your body and see if there are any sensations arising that you would call unpleasant or painful. You might first just get an overall sense. Maybe for some of you it's really obvious right away. Is there anything you're feeling in your body that's painful, unpleasant? Getting a sense of where it is? Now for a time, turn your attention towards that group of sensations, towards that area of your body, and see if you can be very patient, relaxed, while you take in something painful, something unpleasant. Might be in your neck, in your jaw, your back, different joints. sense of contraction around your heart. And see what it's like to stabilize your attention with something unpleasant. See if you can remain relaxed and patient, even though you're taking in something that's giving you this sense of pain or displeasure. And you can begin asking questions that draw you into the experience. What type of sensations are here? Is it stabbing, itching, contracted, hot, cold? What size is it? Does it have a clear center? Is it throbbing or pulsing? You also might notice what happens as you give it attention. Does it stay the same? Does it get larger? Does it shift? Does it get smaller? See how long you can relax and give your attention to something we call unpleasant or painful and see what it is. See what the sensations are.
To really explore the sensations, you might have to soften the story around it. Your mind might be very loud with a story. This is old pain, I'll never get over it. This is when that time I fell down. This proves I'll never be successful at my athletics. Oh dear, I think I'm getting a cold. See if you can, for a time, relax any story around it and explore it as a field of direct body sensations. Now bring your attention back to your breath, back to this old friend, this home base. And watch what happens to your heart and your mind as you bring your attention back to your breath, especially from a difficult experience like pain in the body. What's it like for you now to be aware of breathing
Are there any questions about the instruction or what you experienced in your practice? Right. Did everybody hear that? Yeah. So <clears throat> that that's common. What you're experiencing is sort of the default setting that we all have, is that pain is bad, and if we can solve it, then we don't have to experience it. And it's unpleasant, so why would we actually try to do anything more than solve it? As a default setting, you'll see people, they'll scratch their ear because they don't like that, and they'll move this over here because they don't like that, and they'll get frustrated because they feel this over here. So the, uh, you're experiencing a deep default setting. So it's no small courageous act to go in with a different intent. And then to even go in, it, <clears throat> it depends on how much capacity I have, how long I, how deeply I can explore pain, and how long I can stay there. If I'm already in breathing meditation, already kind of restless and my mind's wandering a lot. That's, my mind is already struggling some to even be with something as large and benign as the breath. So if I turn to pain, it overwhelms me quickly and I'm more likely to get reactive. And within a short amount of time, I'll have that strong story like, ah, oh, this hip is getting me so aggravated and it wouldn't be like that if I had a different type of body. And so there's no mindfulness really, there's just reactivity brewing. So that usually tells me it's not time to explore pain. What I really want to do is regroup and kind of see if I can work with the state of my heart, my mind, increase capacity, relax. Then I have a little bit more of capacity to do something more challenging with my attention. So that's how I would do it, is if it goes very quickly to a type of trying to fix it, and you can't just notice that and then relax that. Then I would come back to your breath, regroup, sort of build a little bit more um, vision of what you're about to do. Like, okay, I'm gonna work with pain for a second, it's over here in my shoulder. Then I turn my attention towards it with a little bit more support before I actually go make contact. If I just go make contact, it might uh, overwhelm me. That's the first thing. The second is, sometimes I can't put the full of my attention on the pain or it's overwhelming, <clears throat> but I can become aware of, like if it's really in my knee, I become aware of my leg area and I let the pain be part of a much larger field. Like, yeah, I definitely have a left leg no one took it away, I can feel it with my eyes closed. Got my toes, got my different parts of my leg. Yeah, and right in the middle there's that hot spot. And that might get your mind to like squint on it and really like, there it is, I wanna fix it. I was like, no, no, we're not doing that. We're just generally being aware. And then I might find the right relationship to the pain because I'm not right on top of it with all of my attention. I'm more globally aware, there it is. And then I see by degree 
how close can I get my attention before I get overwhelmed or reactive or impatient or need to fix it? It's like, yeah, I have a leg, it's got some pain in it. Yeah, there's some wishing that it weren't there. That's true for unpleasant things. But what is it? Oh, it's like a throbbing, it's a heat. So I'm not giving my full attention, but it's becoming more and more the center of what I'm investigating, but not because I'm turning. If I turn all my attention to it, it might be so overwhelming, I would have to fix it. But if I can let it be part of a larger experience, then I can see how close can I get to it before that reactivity comes. And then I learn to back off and regroup and really dispel the reactivity that got uh, shaken up because of the pain. Those are, those are two ways um, to kind of make sure you're going in with capacity and then giving it as much attention as you can afford before the, the strong compulsion to fix it comes in. And over time, you'll be able to do a little bit more of that exploration. And you'll know when the good times are and the not good times. There's just times I'm too tired. And if I really acknowledge the pain I'm in, I would just get kind of depressed. I just don't have enough oomph to deal with the pain. So it's just good that I rest my attention in a more neutral area until I regroup and um, have more capacity. Hmm. So on the relaxation side, your breath gets very shallow. Um, and then if you're go, if you're feel your breath, it gets tight or it gets controlled. That's what you're saying. <clears throat> it's one of the challenges with the breath is that we can control it. And often we do control it. When we speak, even we're controlling the breath. So one, two things you might explore. One is the type of uh, mind and what its agenda is. If it's feeling like you have, you've, have a mind state that's trying to control your experience, you might be able to work with that and relax just a little bit, a little bit, but not so much so that you go into um, a shallow breath. So you might, again, work with the mind a little bit and see if you can relax there. Often when controlling issues come up around the breath, it's good to actually have a different object that you're regrouping on, like your hands. So it'd be fine to actually spend many, many minutes just exploring all the sensations in your hands and all the sensations in your face, um, other parts of the body, and that there are whole traditions where their focus isn't breath, it's body. And they do a lot more sort of what we call body scans nice thing about putting your attention in your hands is you can't control the sensations there. So that part of your mind that's caught up in the controlling relaxation, it doesn't really apply so much to what you're feeling in your hands or your face. And so then it's not tripping up the development of your practice. From there, you might be able to go back to the breath for a time before the controlling comes back up. And slowly you can untangle this urge to control, which is common um, for a lot of people. They have a, a struggling relationship with the breath. So the medicine or the recommendation is um, ground yourself in other parts of the body. You want the 
the area, what we call home base or this primary object, to be uh, neutral to slightly pleasant. You want the experience to generally be neutral to slightly pleasant. I had asthma when I first did this practice, and no one told me. So much of my experience was navigating this closing of my windpipe, and it was not a good place to regroup. So then I learned, putting my attention through my hands, and finger by finger, whole hand, both hands, back to you know the palm, the back of my hand, exploring that. And you can completely regroup and uh, develop concentration and mindfulness in other parts of the body. And the controlling issue won't get so entangled in other parts of the body. Try that for a while and then you can come back in during one of your practice discussions and see how that goes. A headache can be a sign of too much effort. It also it can be a sign of many things. Sometimes just the purification that we go through, we're releasing toxins we've stored and that can cause headaches. There is a type of, if you, you have to taste whether you're ambitious or frustrated with the state of your practice, and if you're then using force to try to get your mind to stay with the breath longer, if you're doing any of that type of like, oh, I'm so tired of this, stop wandering, mm. even lightly, that type of assertiveness um, can cause tension. And so one thing you can do, and it's actually good for almost for all headaches, uh, is to develop a more relaxed, spacious, uh, patient frame of mind. And I find that even headaches I haven't caused through that type of assertion open up a little bit because my mind is a little more open, my body opens up a little bit as I relax. So I would try generally relaxing um, and not adding tension to the tension. Um, and then check your attitude and see if you have, if you're using force because things aren't quite like you like them or you want to be a little further along in your practice and therefore you're pressing or trying to conquer the mind, um, that, that can lead to tension. And yeah, just make sure I haven't ignored anybody over here. Um, there are there are traditions that do move the attention around, but it's usually um, it's somewhat of a fixed pattern, and so that becomes what you rest in. So you don't um, skitter around, because then you wouldn't really make firm contact with any one particular body sensation, and it'd be a little bit random, and it, it would encourage a mind that would be sort of disorganized and scattered. So if you like exploring by sensations, usually something that becomes a little bit of a, um, a form that works for you. So start with the breath, then to the hands, back to the breath, up to the face, back to the breath, down to your legs, back to the breath. And find some rhythm that works for you if you want to explore a lot like that. 
you also might just stay with the breath and not explore other body parts for now so that you actually do find this one um, developed attention. So you're allowed to, to explore other things, but for most of us, and this is sort of just saying it out to the room, and then you can all play with it. For most of us for today, I would imagine still 90 to 95% of your experience would be breathing meditation while sitting or doing a particular uh, grounding in one location in the body while sitting, your feet while walking, and then find a primary place to put your attention in other activities like eating or uh, when you're in your room. <clears throat> and then you have some small range, five to 10%, where you could be exploring other experiences temporarily just to see what they're like, you know, other senses. So while we're walking, it's fine every now and then to stop, as Dory said yesterday, and just take in color, color and shape. You're not taking color, shape, and their story, and then story leads to story. So color, shape, building, I wonder why they built it that way, wonder who our tech was, and that's just starting to go into too much thinking. Seeing is just color and shape. Seeing color and shape. So you're just having your visual experience. You can stop walking, have a visual experience, take in the beauty of the, uh, the plants and the animals and the grounds around here, take in this beautiful view. And if your mind starts to then wander into a lot of thinking, bring it back to the visual experience or bring it back again deeper into your body and feel your feet while you're standing or walking. So the predominance are with these primary objects and we're opening up the possibility of exploring other direct experiences. It's still not, um, still trying to uh, get our attention out of the seduction of thinking, at least for today. So every time you walk in and sit, whether it's on the cushion or the chair. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have chronic pain or is it just from the sitting postures? Right. I've had a lot of pain in my practice and so what I would recommend you try is an attitude of coexisting with the pain. So I would say, okay, you know, this really intense, intense neck pain, I can't solve you. I can't really pay attention to you because you're too intense. So let's just share this body for a little while, you and me pain. Here's the pain. It's not going anywhere. I can't solve it. I don't want to give it my full attention because that's just sort of defeating. So I'm going to coexist with some body pain. Body pain, you get to be there and I'm going to be aware of my breath. If I neither fight it nor run from it, but find a peaceful coexistence with whatever pain's coming. 
over time that pain tends to evolve and relax some. And it's not over time like minutes, it's over time like hours sometimes that pain will finally release. So um, if it's in every posture, and especially if it's while sitting, it's something about being very still that brings up the, the intensity or being in this room. So inviting a more relaxed, spacious heart and mind so that it doesn't become full and tight with the pain and then coexisting. And as I said last night, and as we'll say over the retreat, there's no way to game the human life so that there's no pain. So we actually have to develop a capacity if we want to be conscious of what it's like to work with pain when it comes. So you're having your opportunity to explore it. I would just keep make sure to keep the mind as relaxed as possible and not add story or attention to it. And as you've done, uh, alternating the postures um, will, mean, will at least mean that you're not aggra- aggravating a certain part of your body. So I'm actually gonna have to end there. Um, I have a few announcements uh, for the day. <clears throat> so um, except for the bell during the afternoon Qigong and the bell just before the Dharma talk, all the other bells out here should be rung uh, 10 minutes before the next sitting event. That gives people 10 minutes to kind of go to the bathroom or collect themselves and give it good wax so that we can hear it um, from far away. So um, we need a little help on that. <clears throat> it's helpful if you can to show up to the hall even a minute or two early um, and not be trickling in um, uh, five minutes late. So keep coming to the hall on time. You've done a great job so far. That'd be great. After this sitting today, um, Marcy's going to stay here and do a, a posture clinic. So if your posture is good, you can just head out to um, walking. And if you have a meeting with uh, a meeting group this morning, you should definitely head out and do that. But for the rest of you, if you want, you can stay in the room and Marcy will sort of talk about posture in ways that might be helpful to alleviate pain. Because not everybody gets to do that, she's also going to do that after the next sitting. So there's two opportunities to um, get a chance to uh, ask questions about your sitting posture, your body, and if there are any suggestions that can be made about different ways to sit or get support from the cushions or whatnot. So anyways, after this sitting, and then after the next sitting, during those two walking periods, there'll be a posture clinic. I want to encourage everybody to be really continuous with your practice today. And so um, you're definitely allowed to rest. You're allowed to go back to your room if you want to rest. Um, You're allowed to go for walks around the meals. But when we have formal meditation times, please show up to them, both the sitting and the walking. So do your best to, um, to follow the schedule. And when it's time for walking, 
that is the time when you could use the bathroom. It is the time when you could take care of a little errand. Um, but that can also erode your commitment to the walking practice. And the walking practice is really crucial to have an integration and a development of mindfulness practice. So um, please be committed to the walking practice. As I was describing, it's mostly feeling your feet and taking interest in your body as it walks, taking 10 steps forward, 10 to 20 steps forward, turning around, coming back like Dory described yesterday. And at times you can stop taking the sounds, if there are any sounds to listen to, you can stop taking the visual experience and then recommit to your feet what you feel as you take step by step. And then the last piece is um, Devin will be offering signups today. So if you don't have a formal uh, sign up with one of the other four teachers, and your name isn't posted up on that board uh, just outside the doors today, then if you wanted to have contact, if you couldn't wait till tomorrow, then you could sign up with Devin. It's not a time to get to know her, although she's lovely to get to know. It's a time when you have a question that can't wait till tomorrow or there's something happening in your practice where you really want to have, um, you need support. Um, and hopefully some other time in your life you'll get to know her because she's worth getting to know, she's lovely. But the signups are not uh, for entertainment, they're really for your uh, meeting a need. Devin uh, will also every now and then be sitting in on some of our uh, interviews with you, some of our practice discussions with you, sometimes the groups, sometimes the one-on-ones, that will help her develop. Uh, she's becoming uh, also a teacher in this tradition. If that happens and you'd rather have her not in the room, it's fine to ask her uh, to step out um, of the group or step out of the individual dialogue you want to have with one of the teachers. And that's, it, it's there for you first and second for her to, to learn. But it's a generosity to her to be able to kind of um, see what the dialogues look like um, as she's developing. And Devin, do you want to just say a little? Check, okay. Um, so I feel like it might be helpful to have a little bit of a context for who I am. So when if you decide to, or need some support, then you know kind of what the holding is. Um, so I have my master's in social work and I do therapeutic work um, in my life outside of uh, the Dharma and I'm also um, a mindfulness teacher um, and have led um, teen retreats but also assisted on this retreat and actually 15 years ago um, this was my first retreat um, so uh, somebody had said um, there's teachers in this room I thought back to my my uh, my 15 years ago and being in a different place. I'm also sober and in recovery and I identify as queer and I think that those things can be helpful in um, holding a, um, a container. And um, so, yeah, I'll have sign-ups. There's some people who I've been asked to check in with. Please make sure you look at the sign-up board. I've left notes for some folks. Um, and if you would like to sign up and you're coming up against something um, and you feel like you could use some support, what I'll ask you to do is leave me a note and then we'll figure out a time to meet. 
Um, but again, that's just for those folks who don't have um, a meeting today with a teacher. Um, yeah, so thank you so much. So have a day. <laughs> Please have a day of practice. <laughs> Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.